grow yourself and grow your marriage. Chris and Jonna here with the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. This is episode number 129. 129. Let's get it. Let's get it. Okay. Chris found an article. I'm just going to jump in because... Jump in. We don't have a lot of time. We, what, 45 minutes, an yep. hour, something yep. like that? My parents have the kids. They gave us a time limit and therefore we've got to hurry before... We get interrupted. So yes. we're not going to tell you that like Chris has toothpaste on his shirt right now or what? all the other I do. Where? <laughs> extra things we talk about. Oh, that's your son. Oh, My here's son. why. Oh, we here's are why. going to. Never okay. mind. The reason, okay, and look, maybe I'm giving a little emotional trauma to my child here, but he's not brushing his teeth. He's two. He's two, right? He I'm trying teeth. to get his brush his teeth. And I'll be like, hey, man, let's go brush your teeth. And I'll be like, yeah, 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 let's go. All right, all right, all right. And we walk up the steps. And we grab the toothpaste and we put the toothpaste on. He's like, mmm, yum, I can't wait. And then he just covers his mouth and turns his head. I'm like, dude, you kidding me? So it's a battle trying to get this kid to brush his teeth. And, you know, there's just a lot of him moving his head and, you know, things getting all over my shirt. So that that's why, okay? I'm not just some slop. <laughs> Fair? Well, debatable. You, you weren't even listening. She's, she's texting right now. She's texting somebody. Because I got a text. They're trying to bring the kids home early. What? Why? Lola's ear hurts. Oh, my gosh. Oh, there's Chris's empathy. Cry about it, dude. It's fine. Just give her one of those heating pads and put them upstairs on a movie. All right. We're going to finish this episode. Oh, we're going to go. No, you just made yourself sound we got really, this. Well, really heartless. Well, here, here's a topic today. <laughs> it's about being an empathetic, loving man. Chris is going to tell you all about how I'm to going to tell you all about way. how to do that guys because it is my strength the Lord has given it to me and I no that's a that's a lie it's a lie from the pits of hell I am uh really unempathetic sometimes and need to be more loving and need to be uh, a better leader and that that's kind of where we're going with this so I brought this article to Jonna I I subscribe to medium sometimes they have like cool articles that pop through and one said, 12 signs you're an emotionally mature man. And I was like, okay, let me see this, right? So I started reading it, and I was like, wow, these are really good points. Actually, pretty solid points. Now, in between some of the fluff of the stuff was, you know, just some new agey stuff, like finding your identity and, you know. Be your best authentic You know, have self. good energy and blah, 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 blah. But look, she's not wrong. I think it's a she who wrote it, right? I think so. She's not wrong. And so I want to go through these because... There's a lot of merit to these points, but, you know, we have our thoughts. We do. We always have thoughts. Well, and also, so, yes, I think a lot, I would say 10 out of the 12 points I agree with um, as far as an emotionally mature man. But, you know, as you know, if you've listened to this podcast at all, we view our lives through the lens of scripture. So we're going to kind of tie in where we think the Bible speaks to these exact points and, um, Maybe also say a spiritually and emotionally mature man. Definitely. So let's uh, let's roll through these. All right. So what'd she say? Her first point was. Okay. So her first point was. Uh, where's my emotional music? Oh no! Oh yeah. So that's perfect, isn't it? Totally hit the wrong button. Wait. We'll figure out these buttons eventually. Wasn't there one? Oh oh. Magical. A calming energy. 
a calming energy. A calm man calm is a sign man. of an emotionally mature man. And I would agree with that because when I think of the opposite of a calm man, I think of a hothead. I think of yes. somebody who's quick to, you know, scold the kids or yell at a service worker or just get mad about things that honestly don't really matter. Right. But actually, let me throw you a curveball and I'm going to go to Dr. Google just to make sure I'm right here. Calming verse peaceful. I just I want to I want to see the difference in definition. So calm definition. I feel like calm and peaceful are different, right? Because you can be a calm man, but you can also be a super passive lethargic. Lethargic calm man cuz you just don't care. Some things you care about and you're passionate about, maybe like maybe you're a man who's massively passionate about his sports, mm-hmm. but you're calm at home and real chill because you're just passive and you don't care. That's a possibility. Mm-hmm. I have those moments myself, <laughs> right? Yeah. So you can be passionate about something and not calm, but maybe we're looking for peaceful. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to twist her words a little bit and say, look, calm is like tranquil, serene, peaceful man, free from disturbance, right? Mm-hmm. We don't want to be a man free from disturbance. Mm-mm. We want to be peaceful, right? Because like we've talked about in prior episodes, it's important to have righteous anger. It's important to be proactive and passionate and all the things, right? But sometimes calm can be, I think, passive. So I'm going to take her words and say, let's talk about a peaceful man. A peaceful man. Well, I would say that there has, I, I would say to be a truly peaceful man you need the holy spirit to live inside of you because that's the only way we can actually have like real peace and i would say that that is something that you you do have obviously because i believe you're saved but you know we've had people come to our house before and say that they feel even though we have five kids and we do believe it's very chaotic here people have often said they feel a peaceful presence dude that's the best compliment it is the best compliment and then, you know, your grandma also said that there was a piece that kind of washed in the room whenever you came and saw her. Yeah, that's super nice. Super nice. So, trying to find do Proverbs. you have a scripture on that? Didn't you say Proverbs 14? Yeah, I have it. It's right here. Mm-hmm. So, Proverbs fourteen twenty nine: He who is slow to wrath has great understanding. He who is impulsive exalts folly. So, again, calm and peaceful. So, peaceful, I think, is more like, hey, I don't want to be violent and destructive right but i also don't want to be passive and just oh everything's fine there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong you know what i mean but not impulsive is that what that said yeah yeah, yeah. so not like, like reactive so and like impulsive. If, if you're impulsive then you're an uncontrolled person mm-hmm. and you the bible says exalt folly which is foolishness mm-hmm. that's good that's good so number one a calm peaceful human yeah. These aren't in any special order, by the way. I don't think there's any order of significance. Yeah, not really. All right, number two, she says, he says what he means and means what he says. I think that's important, no that's matter a su- who you are. Dude, that's a super good one because it's so easy for us to for us to feel good in the moment and mm-hmm. say something. You know, I think I've said it a million times on this podcast, my favorite quote, commitment. It's doing the thing you said you would do long after the feeling has left you and that is someone who says, look, I want to be better, 
And like, for instance, you could have struggles in your marriage and then you're both passive and then you finally come to an agreement like, hey, this is what's bothering me. And then just because it it gets brought up, oh, yeah, 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 I'll fix that, I'll fix that, I'll fix Mm -hmm. that, right? But then you really have no intentions of fixing it. So you're just saying something to kind of get by when a man, an emotionally mature man, a spiritually mature man, I think realizes that his words have weight. Mm -hmm. That's good. I was thinking of something I heard when I was younger was I see better than I hear. Meaning like I see like, yes, you can, you can tell me all the things I want to hear. You can agree to do all the things I want you to do. You can make me think you're going to do them. But if you're not actually, if your actions don't match your words, it doesn't matter. And that comes down to integrity and trust. And like, there's layers and layers and layers of saying what you mean and meaning what you say. There it is. So she says, mean what he says, says what he means. We're saying a man with integrity, right? So James 4, 17 Whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, that's a sin. Like, that's wild because the Bible also talks about us being convicted, you know? So there are some, our pastor talked about it, open-handed and closed-handed issues. So the Holy Spirit will actually convict us of certain things. So you could be like, hey, babe, get your clothes in the hamper. Don't just throw them next to the hamper. And while... Some people would just be like, look, it's not a sin not to put your clothes in the hamper. If I know that's stressing you out and it actually convicts me, which it doesn't, by the way. <laughs> I was like, it doesn't at all. Does con- it clearly, you sinner. <laughs> clearly, you'd be like, dude, you are the ultimate sinner. <laughs> Hypocrite here on the mic. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it doesn't convict me. But an example for a better man, a more mature, spiritually mature man who would be convicted by this. Uh, yes, it's a uh-huh. sin not to put your clothes in the hamper for that guy. For me, nah, I'm That's clear. Totally open handed issue. Chris feels no conviction. No, zero that. conviction. I'm good. That's <laughs> fine. And then tomorrow before church, I'll be like, babe, I don't know where my underwear. Babe, where's my socks? Babe, dude, it's the worst. Babe, I can't find my clothes. It's the worst. But you know where everything is. And look, if there were a list of things of an amazing woman, it would have to be top of the list. <laughs> Women always know where your belt is. Women always know where your wallet is. Women always know where everything is. That's exhausting. I've been, so I've, I've plantar fasciitis and I've been. Plantar. Plantar fasciitis. And I've been doing some rehab on my foot and there's this ball that I am like rolling on my foot all the time and trying to loosen up my calves and everything and trying to fix this issue. And I'm literally lose it. Every 10 minutes because the kids see it. And they're like, oh, I want the ball. And they lose it, right? And I, I'm looking for it. And I get frustrated. I'm like, where's my ball? Like, I can't find it. And then Jonna literally just walks upstairs and finds it every time. <laughs> and she looks at me with this disgust. <laughs> like, you are a failure. <laughs> it's just, it is funny. I cannot, how many times on one hand, is there even enough times to fill up one hand that you can think of a time that you couldn't find something and I did not go find it for you? <laughs> It's outrageous. Like the Bible talks about how man should not be alone. And and I really think God was getting at something there because he was just like, look, you're going to lose everything, dude. <laughs> like literally you're going to lose everything and I'm going to take your rib out here and I'm going to make this woman and dude, you're going to love it because she <laughs> is going to find it all for you. Or, you know, last night we went to dinner. We got to go on a date. Shout out again to Allie. Yeah. And, uh, you didn't have it. You couldn't find your wallet, and I didn't try to look for it. I just I took care of things last night. I bought. Yeah, yeah. John picked up the tab last night. That was that was nice. But before we went to bed, I did 
I did look under the bed for my 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 rehab ball, right? Because I was like, it's got to be in here, and I found my wall. It was <laughs> it was under the bed. So Why? I I actually found that that time. I'm proud of you, babe. But if you would have looked for it, you would have found it. I'm proud of you. So this has nothing to do with integrity. You know, hold on. Your wallet does have a tracker on it. I know, but I I got a new phone and I didn't re-download the wow. app. That sounds like something you would have roasted me for, <laughs> honestly. So true. So true. But, you know, I'm busy having uh, integrity, doing all the right things all the time. All the time. Yeah. No, and in all seriousness, integrity is so important, man. There's so many distractions in culture. There's so many, like, oh, my, my wife won't know if I'm, you know, looking at porn or 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 having this... Uh, uh, emotional relationship with another person we're not going too far right we both just feel good about messaging each other or whatever you know but there's so many things like integrity is doing the right thing when no one is looking Mm -hmm. so mean what he says says what he means it's good it's true but at the end of the day it's it's the integrity of the man like are you doing the right thing when no one's looking are you doing the right things or are you failing to do it Mm -hmm. as a lack of spiritual immaturity mm-hmm. and are you just saying the right things to make yourself feel better in the moment Ooh, that's a good one but when you don't feel like doing it it's just a quote which moves on to point number three actually that's perfect slow to speak is that what she said that's not what she said though is where Ooh, i just gave my point you gave our oh, point what did she wah, say wah, she wah, said wah. oh yeah she said yeah oh wait i think i know this button Dang it. what the heck? We, we have to label these. Hang on. There you go. There it is. Why do we not know these buttons yet? One, two, three. Because five. there's eight buttons here. Yeah. Okay. They do not. So care what about she that. said was sometimes they don't say anything at all. Let's see. She said sometimes he doesn't say anything at all. Yep. And I think basically she's talking about the per- this person feels a discomfort in silence. And so there's talk without meaning and sometimes can, uh, uh, sorry, I'm trying to read what I'm talking. Go ahead. Well, so my point, our point, (coughs) sorry, our point to change from this was being slow to speak. Like the Bible talks about being slow to speak. And I think on your point just now where you're like, look, sometimes a dude just says something because it makes himself feel good. But he has no intention of actually doing that thing. Well, he does in the moment, but then obviously he doesn't afterwards. So, so I think it also does translate to being slow to speak. It's like, look, if you're really not committed, don't say anything. Mm-hmm. Because, because then I think spiritually things come upon you where, where you don't believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. And then your wife's like, I don't. There's no evidence. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're just lip service. You're not actually doing what you're supposed to do. And then you fall into this brain block of being like, I'm not reliable. I'm not a credible. Like my word doesn't mean much when I say things, even though I want it to so bad, but you have this block and then you get nothing done. So you just yeah. live in passivity. It's brutal. It's convicting. I've been there. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think slow to speak obviously also ties back into point number one of being a peaceful calm man you're slow to speak you're slow to anger you're not reactive to situations or impulsive you know when to speak and when to stay quiet and i mean 
you go to the Bible, when Jesus was going to the cross, they talk about, you know, he's being mocked and accused and questioned and beaten, and he stayed quiet. So, obviously, for us as believers, he's our example, especially you as the leader, as a man. So, knowing when to speak, being slow to speak, I think is super important. It is, yeah, because it's easy for us to just be dominant and you know I struggle with this sometimes sometimes I'll have a little energy and I'll be you'll be saying something and I'll just be waiting for what I want to say rather than listening Mm -hmm. which is not good so being slow to speak and kind of letting someone finish their entire point and I don't know just kind of actually paying attention I think that's tough for us dudes sometimes you know men are like waffles Women are like spaghetti. You haven't brought it up in a while. So. I haven't. If you're a new listener, that that one just hit you right between the eyes. <laughs> Men are like waffles, one box at a time. Women are like spaghetti, one big hot intertwined Entangled mess. hot mess. It's fine. <laughs> I'm here for it. That's because I'm. That's because we got to remember where you know. In my case, there's seven people in our household. I remember where seven people's things are. Ooh. What seven people are gonna eat? It's good. And a million other things. At least you don't have a nothing box. Right? You wish you did. I kind of wish I had a nothing box. Uh, we are designed to have a nothing box. Yeah. Are we just like, what are you thinking about? Nothing. Like that's actually what do you mean, nothing? not possible. Like, nothing. <laughs> right. I can't even, I mean, even my prayers get interrupted by random thoughts where I, I'm, I'm always like, oh, sorry, God. Sorry. Whoa. I don't even know how I'm thinking about this right now. God, back to the prayer. Back to the prayer. Like very much so. Anyways, slow to speak. I think that's a good one. I think it can tie in a million different ways. I liked what you said to about being slow to speak when you're having a conversation with your wife. Cause I do, I do see it happen. Um, so I'll just say for us stay at home moms, especially we're with the kids all day. And a lot of times I'm anxiously awaiting adult conversation. Like I want to talk to you whenever you get off work and I want your help, but I want to talk too. And so definitely, well, and Sorry, I'm, I don't have like a full point here, I don't think. But also, I'm overwhelmed. I'm, I'm sensory overload, right? The kids have been talking my ear off all day. And sometimes, I love them so dearly, but sometimes they're talking about stuff and I'm just like, what are you even talking about right now? Right. This just took 10 minutes and I really don't know what your point was, but I love you and you're so cute. So anyways, I'm ready for some like non-surface level conversation with you. But I've not been able to talk all day. So whenever the husband comes up and you're just like blah, 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 blah. True. Or we've got friends over and you're talking and I'm not getting a chance to mm-hmm. also be in the conversation or you're interrupting. It kind of makes us feel less than. Mm. Does that make sense? No, it does. I think that ties in, right? It does. It, and look, there's something about an older man who doesn't say much. But when they do say something, it's everybody wise. listens. I know exactly who you're talking about right now. Yeah. Everybody listens. And you're just like, wow, what a humble, wise man. I think when we're young, we wear it out. Mm-hmm. And we're like, you know, I'd, I'll admit <clears throat> probably three or four years ago, I, I was always trying to impress people. Always and really yeah oh yeah yeah like 
I knew like, oh, okay, cool. I'm an entrepreneur and I'm a fitness guy and I have a, a base understanding of my craft more than other people would, you know? And so there was this confidence about me. Mm-hmm. And I think when I would have conversations with older people and stuff, I would just want to like show them like, yeah, I'm, I'm an impressive young dude. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Now it's not like that at all. I just, I really want to learn and I really value what these people are saying because, and I think we're on the same page here. We went to, we went to dinner with a couple and they were older and just very wise and very controlled with their conversation. And I remember talking to this guy and I was like, yeah, so what do you do? And he was like, oh yeah, I was in the, I was in the steel business or whatever. And the guy next to him was like, do not let him be that humble. And I was like, no, 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 like, what do you do? And he's like, ah, you know, I built a couple things or whatever. Turns out he built Paycor Stadium, which was Paul Brown Stadium, Cincinnati Bengals Stadium, which we lived like 20 minutes away from. He, his company was the one who built the steel for that. And then he also built roller coasters at Cedar Point in Kings Island. He was like, bro. He was just so humble, <laughs> just not so quick to brag about his accomplishments. Exactly, so humble. And I just remember looking at this dude thinking like, that. That, I mean, that, that that is wisdom. That is just, wow. Like, I want to be more like that. Mm-hmm. So I still have not scratched the surface of that. That that This is like a B, like a point B, because we don't have Kinda, this on yeah. here. But that kind of reminds me, too, of not being boastful. Because the two people, the two gentlemen that we were at dinner with that you're talking about, were and are very wealthy. Like, like very wealthy and you wouldn't know it because they don't carry themselves in an arrogant boastful way like chris just said he was he wasn't even he wasn't talking about all of his accomplishments or what he used to do for work um and they volunteered a lot of their time and they just were very humble is just the best word to describe them so i feel like that should be a point on here that we don't have is a spiritually emotionally mature man is humble I think that's, I mean, I'm, well, yeah. actually, that is on here. <laughs> that's actually our next point. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> it, well, we challenged. We have that the, well, our point's different than the article, but. Point number four. What's her point number four? Her point number four is he can be challenged without feeling threatened. Yeah. Which so there is a level the same of thing. humility there. But yeah. to piggyback off of that point. So, yes, you are so right. Humility is so important. Look, the, the, antagonist to humility is pride Mm -hmm. period and the bible says over and over pride before the fall and you look at all these habitual sins and and the things that happen in the bible and you're like oh yeah dude it all it it is it's pride before the fall like you you allow yourself to be prideful and not humble you don't allow people to challenge you you know, iron sharpens iron, right? You, you are, you don't allow your wife to challenge you. That's a big one because I remember Dave Ramsey said something I was really, I was like, oh man, it's so true. He said like, look, I might be proud in certain ways and stuff, but when my wife is discerning someone's character or when my wife and I talk about a huge decision, oftentimes like I, like her words matter. And I agree whenever we have massive decisions to make, and you have a lot of confidence in me and some of the decisions I come to you with, you're like, oh yeah, let's do it. 
which, you know, obviously gives me confidence, but, but your words do matter in our marriage. And some people would listen to this and be like, oh, they're just the patriarchy and, you know, they just think men should lead everything. And yeah, right. Okay. But, but I'm, I'm not spiritually more mature than you, you know, um, I, I believe that your words matter and I need to give you space to speak and with that space to speak comes times where you're like, dude, you blew it or you had a rough week or, you know, you were angry because you know that in moments of me being like somber, like, okay, mm-hmm. you know that I want that correction, but that's that true. does it's not me wanting it. That's, you know, me trying to have a relationship with God and, and God impressing on me like, hey, like you, you want to grow, you want to be better. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that ties in with the next couple points if I just want to roll it all into sure. one if you don't care, um, which we'll read her points too. But what we have is um, this man takes responsibility and is disciplined and is a protector of his wife. And so with what you just said, it put me in mind of you do take responsibility for your actions. And in one of the programs you were in, you developed the everything's my fault mentality. Um, and she actually talks about that in this article of like just taking responsibility for everything that happens under our roof in which, you know, I personally don't think everything is your fault, but I understand. I don't know if you want to explain where that came from or how you took that and turned it because I feel like that's important here and that goes with being teachable and not prideful. It makes it easier to just, I I even remember I, what I read, I read a book called Mindset by Carol Dweck a while back, a couple years ago. And she was basically teaching people like, hey, like just take responsibility. Even when it's not your responsibility, find a way to make it your fault, (laughs) which was like Mm -hmm. really interesting and, you know, somewhat freeing because you're just like, okay, you know, Oh, this thing happened and I might have been, I might not, let's say an example at work, boss gets mad, yells at you for this. Your initial reaction is like, well, dude, you never trained me on that, right? This is a little real, but, but sometimes you can come back and be like, you know what? A humble man who takes responsibility has two choices. He can be like, yeah, well, you never trained me on that and that's your fault. I'm not taking responsibility for that. Or he can be like, you know what? that happened on my watch somehow, some way. Yeah. I know you're the owner of the company and I could justify my, you know, that happened because of you, but I'll take responsibility for it because at the end of the day, like that, that's, that's me being humble and saying like, okay, all right, you know what? I could have had a part in that. And so from a family leadership perspective, I think when we look at responsibility, you're like, oh, oh, like this happened on my watch, right? If I'm like, wow, my wife is, not who she used to be, you know, or my wife is falling into, falling into, um, you know, anger or bitterness or, or sin or whatever. Like what? That happened on my watch, you know, over and over and over again, the Bible talks about, look, scriptures for correction and, 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 and training and righteousness and stuff like that. It's like, well, are we pushing each other to get in the Bible together? Are we motivating each other are we taking care of our health? Oftentimes that starts with me, right? Am I taking care of my health? Am I taking responsibility? Am I making sure I'm not falling into the black hole of social media 
and letting it control me and, you know, stifle my dopamine levels and all the things. Like this week that happened to me. I had a really bad week. You know, the, the DeMar Hamlin thing happened and we all saw it happen and just were super connected to it. So I just kept looking for updates because it's so close to home. And it happened to me this week, right? And the whole week for everybody was just kind of like, meh. Because I take responsibility for that. Yeah. I mean, I still got up and got in the word every day. You did? But, and I did too. But your mood but my when mood you were sucked. around definitely brought the mood of the home down. I'm also just that kind of person where I feed off of, you know, those around me. So what you were saying also, I had scripture written down here for that. Um, Ephesians 20, uh, 5, 25. Husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And then there's a bunch more. But that part, I feel like it's skipped over a lot when you talk about submission, right? What were you saying earlier? There was a reason I said this. What were you saying about... Um, responsibility? Responsibility. Hold on. There's a whole reason. You said something, and I had it written down, and I've been holding it here thinking about it. Sorry. Um, I was a little long-winded there. Everything's my fault mentality we talked about. Uh, shoot. I don't remember now, but there, but that is a good verse to just, you know, I don't know. Well, I mean, what's the most precious thing? Life. Yeah. Right. So the Bible literally says a man is to lay himself down for his wife, for his family, which means self-sacrifice, which means take responsibility for everything that happens within the house. Um, and ultimately, living like that produces fruit. Mm-hmm. Living like that gives you a sense of uh, a sense of fulfillment to just be like, man, this is weighty. This is hard. But at the end of the day, like if things aren't going well in my house, if my kids are struggling with certain things or whatever, I have to go to God and be like, God, God, I, I don't know, I can't do this without you i i need help like lead me to the right scripture like give me the resources help me help me help me you know what i mean i'm gonna out myself here i jumped i jumped the gun what that was one of my later scriptures however you did say something that that triggered me to open it up to that but sorry it's okay it's fine we're human you know, there's podcasters out there that edit things perfectly and it just all flows and they sound so smart and so, so good. You know, no filler words and just everything sounds great. But likely they have a team of editors that mm. edit out their ums and their coughs and their their flubbered. Flubbered? Is that a word? F- flubbered? Flubber the movie. Flabbergasted. Flubber. What's the word? I'm Flabbergasted? Not that one. Hold on. They're f- flubbed? Yeah, like they're messed up moments. Yeah. Are edit it out and stream together nicely and they just sound so eloquent and so refined. We should take responsibility for our chaos. And we just take responsibility <laughs> that we are sleep deprived per usual. and actually Lucan slept through the night last night. Mm-hmm. But we still didn't get much sleep. So anyways, yeah. whatever. My point saying I messed up because I was waiting for my part while you were talking. Yeah. So we just, here's what we've gone over so far. Peaceful, calm man, a man of integrity. He says what he means. He means what he says. He does what he's supposed to do. He does what he's supposed to do. He's slow to speak. He's not prideful. He is humble. He takes responsibility. 
for his actions and the things that happen in his home, which means he is disciplined. And I, I have note here that he, you know, he owns up to the responsibility of where he's at spiritually, his personal development, his successes, his failures, his mistakes, his victories. Those are all, he's very self-aware. That has to be a point too, you know, like we talked about literally in episode, I think number two, one or two. Two, yeah. Yeah, you can't, you can't really grow until you know where you're starting from. And I think that's a huge sign of an emotionally and a spiritually mature man is that he has done the work of being able to look at himself for real in the mirror and say, okay, here's, here are my strengths, but here are my weaknesses. And mm -hmm. am I going to own up to those and work on them? Yeah. So, and, and it's not a perfect man, you know, there are seasons where I'm just like, I'm on it. Mm -hmm. I'm doing it. I'm feeling good. You know, things are going well. And then there are seasons where I feel like I am failing miserably, miserably. And at the end of the day, you know, our spiritual life, the good and the bad, it ebbs and flows. Mm -hmm. And so I think the biggest lie that men believe is they're just like, oh, I'm not, I'm not that guy. Yeah. Like that guy's got it together. You know what I mean? Like, oh, cool. Like he, how was, how, how was, how was he doing what he's doing? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But that's a lie, man. That's a lie. Like God, God has plans for our life and his plan is way better than ours ever could be. But I believe with everything in me, and I say it all the time, like the things that have happened in our life and the learning moments and the growth and stuff never happened until we took God's word seriously. Yeah. Until we actually made time for it and prayed, like, God, this is boring. Help me to understand this. Like, right. like help me. Help me to want to do this because I don't even want to do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like those, those are some of the most authentic, real prayers as a man for me. Where I was like, okay, God, like you call me to be in this thing, but I, what, what is this? I know nothing about this. Like this is, this feels like school. Mm -hmm. And then God literally went and answered that prayer and give you a love for Absolutely. his word. Well, he honors it because guess what? He knows, he already knows what we're thinking and feeling. So when we can just go to him authentically and say, help me want to want to read my Bible Help me to want to understand it. Help me to want to love my wife or my husband or my children the way you call me to. Like, it's okay to be in those seasons of not even wanting to, but you know, deep down, you feel you should. Help me to want. Help me to want to. To be spiritually mature. Yeah. I think that's because so Because sometimes you don't feel like it. Right. Sometimes you're like, yeah, I know I should be spiritually yeah. mature. I know I shouldn't get lost in the black hole of social media. I know I shouldn't succumb to this, you know, lustful thought or action. I know I shouldn't lose my cool. I know I shouldn't do that stuff. But I know dude, I shouldn't. This isn't about willpower. And that's the whole problem with her article. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is she just like, oh, a calm man. Like, oh, okay, yeah. So you're just going to wake up and be like, yeah, that's okay. I have the power within me to be calm and right. transcendent and chill. Like, no, dude, you don't. Well, and that just goes back to what we always have to say when people say, I don't know how you guys do it. I don't know how you have it all together. Like we don't. And the only way we do it, we've, we, we've been talking recently as a family about winning the day or losing the day in the form of like a sports team. Like our family is the team and each day is game day. And honestly, the days that we win are only won because we put 
God first. And we literally just clung to him all day to keep us afloat, to keep us patient, to keep us focused, to keep us, uh, you know, full of integrity and all these things. Like we're not doing it on our own. And the days that we don't do it, you can almost always ask yourselves these questions or we can ask ourselves these questions. Did we start a day in the word? How did we eat? How do we sleep? Did we work out? Like those things affect us and everybody so deeply. They're always the common denominators when we are in a season that feels low. So Chris, you said this past week you had a pretty like rough week. When's the last time you worked out? It was rough. It's been two weeks since I worked out. Hurt my foot. Uh, just like uh, we got sick as a family. So we were passing it around. It was hard for either one of us to leave really. And yeah, just the busyness of the holidays and all, you know, just not feeling good. Just like, oh my gosh, like I have no energy. I can't wake up in the morning. I feel so fatigued. All the things hit me. And yeah, it, it, it wrecked me. It Those are always me. the common denominators of a, of a low season for us. Yeah. Always. Yes. Yes. But ultimately we could be working out. We could be. We could be eating really healthy. We could be sleeping really good. But if we're missing out on the character refinement that God has for us through prayer and just being very specific, like, God, like, oh, I am blowing this. Like, hey, I feel healthy. I feel, I feel, I feel fit. I feel like we're doing the right things physically with our body. But spiritually, this isn't about willpower. Again, you know, it's not about willpower. If it, if it was about willpower, we'd be failing miserably all the time. And that's that's the challenge when it comes to spiritual maturity, especially for a man, I think. It's just like, dude, it ebbs, it flows, there's so many distractions. And what do we always say? Like, if, if the devil can get a hold of the man, mm-hmm. he brings the whole family down. Yep. If the devil can get the man to think like, yeah, it's fine, everybody does it. Like, you know, I have, I have my issues, you know, yeah, God, God says I'm, I'm, I'm not perfect without him, you know, but accepting the habitual sin in our life or accepting the, the missed expectations of how we're supposed to lead our families and stuff like that, accepting what's happening. Oh, it's okay. My kids will grow out of this. No, dude, our kids aren't going to grow out of their sinful behavior or their dishonesty, or anything like that. Like They're not going to grow out of it. No. We have to be aggressive as parents. Us men have to be aggressive as leaders. It's hard. I'm preaching to myself. You know, you're looking at me right across this table. Like I have great seasons, but mm-hmm. I also have seasons of just, I suck. Well, I don't think you suck, but I think that, yes, we are walking testaments to all these things and we've been through these seasons and we've been through the seasons where you did take your foot off the gas and not lead and our family definitely suffered from it. And I don't blame that all on you because I'm an adult who also is in the word, but I was also then in the season of abusing grace and just kind of be like, "Mm, I'll sin because God will forgive me type, type thing. Like as a whole, as a unit, as a team, we were not doing well, so definitely not speaking from our high horse here <laughs> no. at all. But I do think that, um, gosh, this is just important to talk about. And and like we said before, I just want to reiterate, this sounds heavy. This sounds hard. This sounds like unreachable, honestly. It is hard, but let me give this 
what you were talking about, winning the day. We talked about that. So I love sports. Most men love sports. Most men have a competitive nature about them. And if they don't, it was stifled because they don't believe in themselves or somebody never gave them evidence that they could be competitive or win in any form or fashion. So I don't care who you are, whether it's sports or video games or or some hobby you have. Like, if you're a man, you're competitive at some level. So what if we took our leadership and looked at it in the form of like we were talking about winning the day it's like we could vote for a sports team that sucks but we at the end of the day can be emotional and frustrated about it but we're not the ones putting the reps in showing up lifting on the off days studying the film anything like that right so we get so emotionally attached but we're not really there but we are putting in the reps within our family we are putting in the reps within <laughs> within what we do at home from a leadership perspective. So for me, it's great to be like, wow, we lost today. But teams lose, and then there's always next week. What does every NFL team say in the press conference? Like, well, we're just looking forward to next week. We're just yeah. looking forward to next week. You know, every every interception thrown by a good quarterback, shake it off. You know what I mean? So we're not perfect. Okay. God's mercies are new every day. We talk about that. If we, as men, can look at our family and our, not performance, but just our routines and what we need to be doing as leaders, and at the end of every day, be like, did we win mm-hmm. or did we lose? Like, did I lead today or did we blow it? I'd say we were one for six this week. Like, we were one in six this week. Out of seven days, I was tired. I did not produce the way I needed to produce. I did not feel good. I did not keep my cool as well. I guess I kept my cool decently, right? But they're just a lot of things. But you weren't really here this week. Yeah, I wasn't super present this week. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you gave, you took literally every point that I was going to say. Nuh-uh. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, Dude, well, I'm sorry. Not gonna say that. No, I was going to say his mercies are new. Sorry. I was going to say. Man, great minds I think know. alike. It's fine. We're yoked. We'll just look at yoked. it that we are yoked. By the way, that's Y-O-K-E-D, not like egg yolk. Y-O-K-E-D, yes. 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 Learned that fairly recently. <laughs> chest Yolked. of drawers, not chest of drawers. Yeah, dude, it's chest of drawers. No, sure. you know what I learned recently? Also, today mm. years old, somebody's mind's going to be blown right now. Who? It's not for Pete's sake. Oh, yeah. It's for peace. For peace sake. sake. Yes. P-E-A-C-E. You didn't learn it today. You learned it a few months ago. I said recently. In all fairness. I said you're today years old. Like a listener is yes. going to be today years so old. True. For They're, peace Because I know we're always like, who's Pete? Mm-hmm. So is it Jeezel Peace or Jeezel Peace? Jeezel Peace. Jeezel Peace. Because again, who is Pete? I, you got me. For Pete's sake. For peace sake. For peace sake. What's the other one people screw up? Chester I could, Doors. I couldn't care less. Yes. I could care less. I could care less is what people say. No. I could. You could See, not. I always get confused. Care less. Like you could not care less about the situation. Like yeah. Like I'm I, at the lowest of I care caring. so little <laughs> that I could not care any less. Right, right. Ooh, we have two minutes. Talk so about application for people at the end here. I, everyone's feeling the, oh, yeah, gut punch. Couldn't peace care sake. less and for peace's sake. Shoot. Yeah. Do we really have to go at 115? Let's see. Oh. What is that? What are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, yeah.
I thought he was going to tell me he was on his way or Are something. You playing Sorry. a Snapchat? Oh. My dad has, my parents have the kids, and yes. my dad sent me a Snap video. I thought it was going to be him saying, like, they're on the, the front door or something. Right. It wasn't. It was Ledger hitting his belly. <laughs> yes. 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 Okay. So let's do something a little different. All right. Let's pray. All right. For the leadership. We have to, we have to wrap up our points. Oh. Okay, let's wrap up our points. And then and, and then let's pray. Okay. And just be like, hey man. Pray y'all out. Let's pray. Let's pray over these points. Okay. So just two more quick things I'm gonna throw in there because we have already rambled. He is a protector. And this isn't just like safety. Protector and provider, I should say. Those are one. Oh, we're not even done with the points. No, that's why oh, I said I gotta really. wrap it up real fast. Because we're sorry. supposed to go get the kids right now. I feel like I rambled a little this much or you're this episode. You're not slow to speak. I'm just Ooh. kidding. Uh, protector and provider. So he makes you feel safe. Your husband makes you feel safe, not just physically, but like you can open up to them. Like I, we, This kind of ties into the point earlier. I can come to you with anything without fear of you, you know, being irrationally upset or judgmental or you know you know all my flaws and all of that stuff and like I feel safe to do that with you so I think that is definitely ties into the other points and is a sign of an emotionally and a spiritually mature man that um they make you feel safe in all ways right that's good yeah you got anything to add to that um uh, no, I feel like I rambled enough. <laughs> well, for the provider part, even though, I mean, these could be two different ones, I guess. Hold on. Let me pull it up. Um, they could be two different ones, but, <laughs> excuse me, First Timothy. Nah, maybe this should just be a whole separate topic, you think? What? For the provider. Eh. I mean... I could say something about the provider. Well, I had First Timothy five eight. It says, "But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever." Which is a little bit of a gut punch to end on here. I feel, I feel like a non-believer could cherry pick that who wants money from their sibling or something like that, <laughs> and be like, "Huh, mm-hmm. First Timothy, you see that?" Right. That's true. I feel like I feel like that could be cherry picked, but there's context behind that. Uh, I know, but nope. yeah, so. Regarding the provider thing. Protector and provider. Protector and provider. Yes, you're right. Physically being a protector. Man, Jordan Peterson said something really interesting lately. He said something. I saw short on it. And he was talking about how like men need to be dangerous at some level. Like they, they need to not act out as being dangerous, but they need to have the ability to be dangerous. And I was like, that's mm. very interesting. So for instance, I feel a level of confidence if we were out as a family and some Joe Blow tried to fight me or something like that, because I have a little MMA training and stuff like that, like there's a level of confidence. I've told other guys about this too. I never knew how to fight or do anything. And when I did that for three months, like personal MMA training with this professional fighter, it was awesome. And I'm not like some amazing fighter or anything like that, but I definitely have the ability to be dangerous, which is super cool. And I think you know that. Yeah. Right. So I'm, I would never use that on you or the kids or anything like that, but to have the ability to be dangerous. So training themselves in a way that I can be protective. Like 
I do have a gun, and I do know how to shoot the gun. Ooh, you're going to make some people I, mad. I'm just saying. I, I'm just kidding. I do have a firearm in our house. I do know how to shoot it. Yep. Like, do I go practice all the time? No. But am I capable? Yes. And do I know how to hold myself, hold my own in a fight? Yes. And and a good friend, a family friend, me, yeah. a good family friend walked through. Oh, dude. It's awesome. Walked through some. He's a police officer, a longtime police officer. He walked through some training with Chris of it's how awesome. to protect the house in case of a home intruder. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so. You are not a dangerous man by any stretch of the mean. You are calm and you are loving and all those things and you're not quick to get angry. But I do know that you do have the ability to fight on behalf of protecting our family. And that does make me feel safe. And that's why, like, if you go out of town for work or anything, I always, I never feel unsafe in our neighborhood or in our home. But when you're not around, I do have that feeling of vulnerability of like, ooh, wish my husband was here. It does feel good to gain those skills, too. Not just for myself, but, but to be like, okay. Well, like, yeah, because you're not a right. fighter. You're not the type that's no. ever going to just go out and use those skills unless it was warranted to protect your family. Right. That's M- the only way and I who knows? see you maybe, fighting. Maybe I'll get humbled and I'll run into the wrong person and they'll <laughs> run into me and I'll be in a bad mood and I'll just get destroyed. You never know. But at least we could start before we fight and he'd be like, oh, he has form. Listen, I would be so embarrassed. <laughs> I don't like when you lose in games to our friends. Anything, I know. It doesn't usually happen. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <clears throat> That's, I'm just kidding. Josh beat you in arm wrestling, didn't he? Oh, he destroyed me in arm wrestling. I hate when you arm wrestle, Josh. But I like when you race him. But, okay. But Josh did tell me. And Josh <laughs> listens to this podcast, so Josh did tell me that he's like, "Hey, man, like it's about technique." And he showed me this thing how you curl your wrist. So not that I'm going to challenge him again with that wrist curl and be like, oh, yeah, let me see if I got this. No, I'm good. He humbled me in a way that I felt like I was uh, like a seven-year-old. Uh, but that's okay. You know what? One point for him. I think I have some points on him too. Stop. It's okay. so funny. Just please don't lose in a fight. Not that would be shameful. No, I don't think I'll lose in a fight. But okay, anyway. last point. We got to go get the kids. Oh, shoot. It's a protector provider. And he's selfless. And this is where I needed to read Ephesians 25 or 525 where the man is called to lay down his life. So everybody wants to get hung up on the verse right before that, where it talks about women submitting to their husbands and everybody's like so offended by that. But let's look at the pressure the Bible puts on the man that he's literally called to die for his wife. Okay. Somebody comes in to shoot at us. Chris is going to jump in front of me. Right? Right. Chris. Depends on if I wake up. You're stupid. But yes, but not just like not just, literally lay down your life but lay down your life and be selfless and put your family and your wife this is what a spiritually or emotionally mature man is called to do before self so before your selfish needs or desires or hobbies or whatever you know and we're designed to do that i I think we've talked about this before Mm -hmm. from a like laying down our lives if we were in a movie theater Mm -hmm. and shots went off and there was surveillance of men and women sitting next to each other. I guarantee you 80% of the men there would jump on the woman. Do Literally you, cover okay, the woman. In year 2023, do you still think that? Because yeah. we, are, we are breeding yeah. some seriously now, feminine we men. We are breeding. Yeah, I know. Talking about yesterday. We are breeding some seriously feminine men. But... I still do believe that that wiring is in guys mm-hmm. deep down and where they would literally like 
could you imagine me running out the door? <laughs> Come on, Jonna. Oh my gosh. The, o- the only thing I've ever thought about is if we were downstairs uh, on our couch or something like that and somebody was like trying to break in, the only thing I've ever thought about, like a mistake I would maybe make is I would sprint up the stairs so freaking fast to get my gun. That you would leave me. That I'd leave you. Like, <laughs> oh shoot, I gotta go back and get you type of thing. But I also would feel like I'd get there pretty fast. But yeah, it's just like, crazy because that's how we're wired yeah like we are that's why 98 percent of men or whatever are in the military yeah and there are women in the military and god bless them that's amazing but at the end of the day man like that's how we are wired yeah if culture doesn't beat the toxic masculinity Um, let's not talk about that right now but it's true it's true and and i as a woman feel wired to want that protection forget feminism i am not equal i am not trying to fight to prove myself no i cannot fight a man okay i will let you take care of me i will let you protect and provide for me i'm here for that thank you very much for coming to my TED talk perfect example actually of this and again this isn't just me i think this is just men when we had our fire mm-hmm. i was down in this room yep in the basement and all i heard was you scream my name and I heard the alarm go off. I did not think fire. I actually thought intruder. Which was crazy because it was like the middle of the it day. Was the, <laughs> yeah, it was very odd. But like my mind immediately went to intruder because of how you screamed. And I just heard like the alarm going off. Beep, 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 you know. And I sprinted up the steps. I had no idea I was going to run into smoke. No idea. But I sprinted up the steps just expecting intruder, intruder, intruder. intruder. Like I wasn't thinking about me and my, not not because I'm some amazing dude, but just, that's how we're wired. You're wired to protect your family. That's how we're wired. Yeah. Oh, wait, let's talk about one more time when you sprinted really fast. When we lived downtown. Oh, Do you yeah, remember that? that was wild. We lived downtown. I worked for the Reds at the time and our apartment was just a couple blocks up from the stadium. I got off work really late. The game was, I think the game was in extra innings. Mm-hmm. And so I it left late, before yeah. the whole crowd, but it was very late. And I was walking through the parking garage and I may have told this story on here before. I know I've told my friends. Um, and these two men were walking. I could tell they were drunk and I got really nervous. Like instinctually, I could just tell they were looking at me and I felt anxious. So I called Chris like, you know, told him whatever, hey, these, there's these guys are being kind of weird. Talk with me on the way home. And the guy approached me and he ended up touching me. And, and I, I don't even know what I said to you. But whatever I said to you, you were all of you a sudden just, there. You, like, you, you were fast. I remember I was <clears> upstairs. <throat> you were like, hey, I feel uncomfortable or something like that. And I just, I, I was watching the game on TV, I think. And I, and I just like, I was on the phone with you and I just like walked out the door as I was talking to you. And I was like walking down the hallway and you were still talking to me. I was coming down the elevator, like walking towards, mm-hmm. you know, wh- the stadium because we live so close to the stadium. And by the time you were like, uh, Chris, babe, it was super scary. And that's all I heard. And I don't even think I stayed on the phone with you. I think I just yeah, I don't like, think so. I think dropped my phone sprinted. down on my arm. I just like sprinted down to the garage. Um, yeah, I feel like I got there pretty fast. It was wild. You did, but they had already gone because I was walking. I mean, I was I was heading towards the exit, and there were yeah. police all at the exit because it's the end of a game. Right, and so they sprinted off. I don't. I didn't scream or anything. That's yeah, one of those it was, moments. It was weird that you think like, oh, I would punch somebody in the face if they because the guy. I mean, he grabbed my butt. Like he grabbed a hold of me, and his friend was yelling in Spanish. Like I think telling him like, no, no, let's go. Yeah, but like I didn't know what was gonna happen. I didn't know if they're gonna throw me in a car. Like I froze. Like your fight, flight, or or freeze. I froze. Mm-hmm. 
in my mind, if you would have told me that that would happen, I would have been like, oh, no, I would punch something. Like, I'm five foot even. Four eleven. I'm five foot even. I would not do much. But I thought I would. I thought I would fight or, like, run. I froze. That that was the scary part. You were talking to me, and you were like, babe, babe. And then it was just kind of silent. And I was like, oh, shoot. I was, yeah. Yeah, it was was odd. But anyway, yeah, just those those things happen, and you're just wired for it. Yeah. I don't know. You're just wired for it. So, yeah, we might have went a little deep on that protector one, but <laughs> well, I guess we have some examples. I think it's kind of important. It is. All right. Well, lays down his life, all that good stuff, peaceful, calm, integrity, humble, slow to speak, pr- not prideful, teachable, responsible, disciplined, protector, provider, and selfless. And those are very, very Again, I don't, we don't want this to overwhelm you. This is something that you can pray about and, and like, don't feel like it all has to be fixed or done all at once. Like this is a process, a refining process. It's going to like, we will never reach perfection in all these areas. And also, you know, us wives can probably fill in a lot of these too. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's wrap it up with how you wanted to. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's pray over this, man. Because I, at the end of the day, this is the most. These are the most important spiritual qualities for men to be spiritually mature. And these are the things that will literally turn the screw in any family mm-hmm. and change the game. And super, super powerful. So, yeah, let's pray over them, and then we'll uh, we'll get out of here. God, we thank you for uh, for this message that you put on our hearts and uh, that hopefully we could we could clearly express how important these things are. Uh, God, I just pray for the leadership of every man listening to this, including myself, that uh, each of these qualities would become convicting and that e- each of these qualities would begin to produce fruit in the lives of families listening and maybe even women listening, that this would be a prayer for for their husband, that uh, that you would give them the the courage to bring these things up, because uh, because these are the ways you want us to live, and this is human flourishing. And uh, so we just thank you for uh, for everything you are to us, and uh, for this podcast and ministry and all the things, and just bless the men, the women listening to this podcast. And uh, Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. Go ahead and text us. 513-449-1798. Did you do it? Yes. Yes.